You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with host Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 472 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined today by Mr. Seth Miller. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah. Good. It's, uh, yeah we, got a, like, we got like three days of sunshine here, so it's like false spring, Oh, now it's, and now it's like 30 again and rain, so... Tons of fun. So very false is what you're saying. Yeah, very false. This how this all, it always happens. Like yeah. February, March, we get like a couple of nice days. Everybody gets out, you know, their shorts, goes outside for an hour, and then it pours. So. Mm. Okay. Well, we've had sunshine, but it has not been warm. So no one, well, I shouldn't say no one. It's people are weird, but most people are not wearing shorts. <laughs> and then I'm going to I'm going to Orlando. I'm recording this on Sunday. I'm going to Orlando tomorrow, and uh, it's like going to be 80 there. So yeah, I'm going to Los Angeles. It's going to be in the mid 60s. So. I, That'd be nice. Yeah, I I think it's gonna be great. I'm gonna be the guy without a jacket, and everybody that's gonna be in like their puffy jacket still. It's gonna be very weird. Yeah, they're gonna be wearing those like New York style like full length puffy jackets that go down to their ankles. The women. I don't know if they'll go like full themselves. parka style, or if it's just gonna be the upper with jeans. But we'll see. That's the one that always cracks you up here. Is it's like 50, and people start bringing those out. I'm like, it is not cold. Like it is nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying, yeah. Anyway, um, we had some follow up. Uh, from a listener, they commented on our checked versus carry on uh, discussion from last week. So, uh, what, what is that? In recent, in recent, yes. Ever. Um, yes. And so, our conversation there was, uh, you know, check bags versus carry ons. What's more convenient? And I think I mentioned I've been checking bags um a bit more of late and whatnot. But uh, I'm just pulling up here. Uh, Dan, one of our listeners mentioned, uh. A third option, and it's one that I have forgotten, but I've also used many a time, which is uh, advanced shipping. Oh, like shipping your luggage ahead of you? Yeah. And you never considered that. Well, and I don't know if you remember, there was a period where a couple of the U.S. airlines were trialing this as a service. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, they basically use generally like a FedEx or a UPS plus a local last mile in some cases, but like, they can come pick it up. They guarantee it'll be at the hotel or wherever you need it to be. And... In the U.S., it's kind of terrible, I will yeah. say. Like, it, it never really went anywhere. The business of it sort of fell apart. But in Japan, there's a, uh, it's Yamoto, and it's an adorable, like, the, their logo is a cat carrying another cat in its mouth, which usually looks pretty cool, but sometimes it's a little scary, uh, if you don't know <laughs> what it is. Um, but there's this local shipping company that handles baggage all over the country, or, you know, shipping, you know, boxes, all sorts of stuff all over the country, and... They're very good at same day delivery, if not next day delivery. And I had forgotten about this. I have used it. I used it on our last trip our, this past November. Um, and as Dan notes, it's especially popular with folks using uh, the train system there because trains don't handle big bags very well. Okay. Like they have very strict limits on what size bags you can have. And if you have too big a bag, you have to have like, I guess like the last row because they like tuck it behind your seat so you can't recline into it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there's some pretty strict rules about baggage sizes. And when I was getting our JR Kyushu pass for the island, when we were there last November, there was like warnings all over the place about don't take your bags, don't take your bags. You have these limits when we were, and they just had announced a uh, cool service, uh, direct delivery to hotels. And it was a limited number of participating hotels and this and that, but it was like most of the hotels in the region where we were going, where from, Fukuoka to I'm blanking on the name of the town we went to, but um, out on the eastern edge of the island. But like we got to the train station that morning, and there was a table set up in the middle of the floor. There was like uh, the official office, and they they've gotten so much that they like put a 
like a couple people out at a folding table with a rolling luggage cart. <laughs> and we walked up to the guy. We're like, yes, we would like to use your service. He was able to swipe the credit card. He looked up, uh, you know, I showed him on my phone, the hotel that we were going to, he filled it all out in Japanese and our bags were there at four o'clock as promised. I mean, I mean how does that like eight o'clock that morning or nine o'clock that morning before getting on the train? And how expensive is it? It's 10 or 20 bucks. Okay. Cheaper, cheaper than a checked bag in the United States, for sure. Especially yeah. you know, sidebar fares. Those rates are all going up this week. And everybody's talking about how it's because uh, costs are going up. And that's bullshit. But anyway. Costs are going up? What cost? <laughs> like it's... Anyway. Uh, yeah, that, that is bullshit. Um, well, I think, I mean, it's interesting. I, if, if the United States are, I mean, even if you saw this in Europe, I could, I could see it being a useful service in Europe. Yeah, I mean, right. right so the, the trick is... In Japan, especially, it's often same day delivery mm-hmm. um, or overnight, depending on where you guys say that when we did it, which is like 10 years ago when I'm on a prior trip there, we shipped bags. We did a, a hiking day, mm-hmm. where we, the Nakasendo Trail, like between uh, Tokyo and Kyoto. We did a small portion of it, you know, five or six mile hike into a Ryokan, spent the night and then hiked up to the next tra- nearest train station and took the train to our onward destination. And in that case, we had the opportunity because we had the extra night. I don't know when the bag showed up, but again, lobby of our hotel when we were checking out in the morning took care of everything. They had a pickup spot. We filled out a bunch of paperwork, paid 10 or 15 bucks a bag. It was waiting for us at our next place. Hmm. And like if when you have a real and to be fair, like when you have a reliable, trustworthy checked bag system, even the airlines, maybe you don't need it But with the trains and buses and stuff in Japan. It was very nice. Um, You know, we. We did a guided, we actually did a pseudo guided uh, bike tour in France a couple summers ago. And by pseudo guided, I mean, they printed us maps to use. I booked through an Austrian travel agent. So they printed them in German for us. That was very helpful. (laughs) (laughs) A quick email got me the English copy, but it was very amusing when I was handed a German packet at check-in. But that that was another one where like, again, that was one where they did the same sort of loop every day. Mm And they carried our bags for us. We dropped it at the front desk in the morning with a tag on it. And it was like the same tag for the whole week. Someone picked them up. Someone dropped them off. I never saw those people, but our bag was always waiting for us in our room at the next hotel every day when we got there in the afternoon. So yeah, I mean, if it's if it's a if it's a reliable system, like yeah, totally. I mean, it. I mean, it makes sense. It, I I just don't know that the airlines. Do you think the airlines could actually? I mean, here's here's the thing. For places, I mean, it's a it's a huge logistical nightmare. I think for the United States airlines to do it from non-hub cities, right? Like. Think about all. The, I mean, I guess you hire a third party to do okay. it everywhere. So, are the question is, are you using the airline belly to carry it, or you use it, outsource the entire thing to a third party? Yeah, and I think for the most part, it's the latter when they were doing it. But how? I mean, how do you do that? Like, you just you send it to FedEx. Basically, you get a decent you get you get a bulk rate with FedEx. Yeah. One of the problems is the U.S. is very big, and so maybe that works for regional stuff where they can keep it on trucks and keep their costs reasonable. Yeah, if you got to go transcon, it's much harder. Yeah, like I'm, I'm thinking about like my trip to Orlando, right? I'm gonna have to connect. Right. Uh, if I, if I like sent my luggage today, um, you know, I, I guess that's fine. It's, it's. I feel like it's more of a risk. Like, right? What if it's, what if it's more of a risk? It's not. You don't know that it's a reliable, trustworthy service. Yeah. Also, these days, FedEx and UPS aren't that reliable either. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, is it going to end up in Memphis or Louisville? And you know, you'd be lucky if it was in one of those. At least then they'd find it. <laughs> yeah, then you find out. You know, if it's if it's typical FedEx, right? Like they would put it on a truck and they would drive it from Portland down to Medford. They'd get stuck in a snowstorm and they'd be like, "Well, it's going to be four days late." And I'd be like, "Well, I don't need it anymore there." 
can you just bring it back? And they'd be like, no, no, it's in Orlando now. Right. You know, <laughs> especially by the time you get through to someone. Yeah, exactly. So, so anyway. Um, so new topics. Uh, Lynx, the Canadian airline, uh, low-cost carrier, is uh, out of business. As of 12.01 a.m., Monday morning, Mountain Standard Time. That didn't last long. No. I mean, Canada has been a very difficult nut to crack for the ULCC world. Uh, very high airport fees and taxes relative to most other areas and a relatively small population, although they travel plenty. Uh, small, you know, small passenger base, high costs makes it really hard to induce travel with uh, low fares. So, yeah, not great. Uh, they had, I think they grew, grew to about nine max and a couple NGs. So those planes will be back on the market. They're mostly leased, but uh, not great at all. Um, so, you know, obviously, unfortunate, sad for the employees. And then we'll see how many passengers end up stranded or not. They announced it a few days out so people would know either to not take trips or to try to finish up a trip over the next, you know, they think that a sort of, they announced it on Friday for, um, we had Friday, Saturday, Sunday to try to sort things out and credit to Air Canada and Porter both, if I remember correctly, launched sort of additional seats and capped fares to try to make it work to get people home, mm-hmm. but not great. Yeah. I mean, they were, they weren't doing a lot of routes, but they were doing quite a few, right? Like there's some, I mean, I guess quite a few is even, I'd say probably a stretch. They were doing some kind of offshoot routes that I wouldn't call uh, very popular. <laughs> well, see what like they were popping to right yeah. in business. Uh, this, this is true. Our good point. Yeah, right. Shit. Part of it is they were going after sort of secondary tertiary markets, which again, not not great. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the map here to see uh, the full list, but yeah, it always tough. Um, and winter also like doesn't help the situation. Yeah. Even Canada, which is, you know, the winter time is you're trying to get a lot of people into sunnier, warmer places for holidays. But like that's, again, sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel in terms of yield, right? Mm-hmm. People will take the cheapest flight they can get whenever they can get it, um, which was Lynx. Oh, there's a lot of Lynx in here. Yeah, I mean, it used to be Interjet, which was like started back in like 2006, right? And it was like supposed to kind of bridge the gap between WestJet near Canada and uh, then became Lynx in 2021. So, I mean, back in 2012, they were even struggling. So I don't know how they held on this long. Um, Is that, I thought this was a new airline from like the 2020. No, they changed their name as Lynx Air in 2021. They used to be Interjet. So they've been around, they've been around a while. Oh, huh. Okay. Yeah, I missed that. Um, I also can't for the life of me find them in. Yeah. Oh, Interjet. Yeah, Interjet. Um, Why nine? That's bizarrely. Sorry. My Syrian lookup. Ah, right. Because. Their official name is one two six three three four three Alberta Limited. <laughs> Not even joking. Uh, oh God. Currently, mostly flying out of Hamilton and Calgary, um, Calgary to Vegas, LA, and Phoenix. I can't tell if it's Hamilton or Toronto. Actually, no, mostly Toronto. Just one flight to Hamilton. Uh, they're very close on the map. Toronto to a bunch of to Cancun, a bunch of West Coast, Florida, Tampa, Orlando, and Fort Myers. And then, you know, some domestic stuff too. But we got Montreal to Vegas, you know, yeah. known for its high value passenger count. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you just need gambling machines on board. Then they would be high value. Um, was that? You know, I've talked to a bunch of people that are trying to get gambling approved for in-flight entertainment systems oh, God. over the years. God, don't tell me that. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so it sucks, but it is what it is. 
lamb landline for Air Canada. Um, this so, is the bus service. Yeah, we had their CEO on a while back when they were getting the American contract yep. up and running. Um, yeah, they, so these guys, they're doing uh, Kitchener and Hamilton, yep. Ontario. So Kitchener is a little west of Toronto, and then Hamilton's further southwest of that. Um, six times a day from each with service straight into Ontario, to Toronto Pearson. It's an interesting one to me um, for a couple of reasons. Obviously, I, th- I think this type of thing is good uh, as a general rule, but uh, just good way to connect passengers into hubs without having to necessarily fly. So, okay, fine. That's great. Uh, but one of the things we've talked about in the past is like the American one in Philly for two of the three cities they serve, the connection is inside security. So you go through security at the smaller airport, Atlantic City, for example, mm-hmm. and check your bags at the counter. You don't have to deal with them. You pick everything back up when you get back to Atlantic City. You're inside security the whole way. Um, there's a convenience factor there in addition to just not driving yourself on the highway. Yep. This one, six times a day, so great frequencies, but all outside security. Hmm. Which is how Sun Country runs it. It's how United runs it. So that part is not entirely different but not great but also like a couple quirky things um with bags like they talk about you know check your bag all the way through and if you board in Ketchikan or it's not Ketchikan I'm sorry Kitchener uh, I keep mixing those up uh Kitchener or Hamilton when you check your bag at the airport at the smaller airport they handle it for you on arrival at Pearson mm-hmm. which is kind of cool but going the other direction you have to claim it at baggage claim and bring it out to the bus Oh, so in Toronto, you in Toronto you're on your claim way. it, yeah, yeah you're on your way to Kitchener or Hamilton. You have to actually claim the bag yourself. Um, so that's so interesting because term- I mean that that's yeah, God. it's it's interesting because that's kind of how Air Canada or United works at Denver with the bus service up to um, Fort Collins. But I think I think yeah, I mean I think it I think they I think they will transfer your bag if it's on a single ticket. But if it's not, yeah. then you have to claim it and take it out, of course. But um, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, these they're only they only sell the bus on the t- on these tickets, so it's not that part. But it's 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 fine. But there's a couple little things like that that you'd want to be like, come on, put a guy at the baggage claim and have like have those bags pulled aside. I don't know. But the bus, yeah, isn't, the bus isn't at a gate. The bus is staying outside the the ramp, the airport ramp. So it's just out on the curb. I wonder. I wonder if it's a logistical problem for not doing security. At Waterloo Airport and like letting it go secure, I got you know so, Waterloo being Kitchener, you know. Yeah, I mean, right, one of the one of the things we talked with the CEO about uh, last time, basically, like the FAA had to agree to it, TSA had to agree with it, and they had to, the airline had to have a dispatcher, I think, or someone in house, but I, I thought it was dispatch, but like someone in ops, basically monitoring the bus to make sure it didn't stop somewhere. Mm. And so I was, you need. In this case, Katza, the the Canadian TSA, would need to buy in, and it's possible, I'm sure. But the logistics of it also, like, do the drivers then have to have a different level of clearance so they can drive onto the ramp? Yeah. How do you deal with getting that gate opened a couple times a day? Like all those little things. And the same thing, even if you were only for the return trip, were inside security, which would be great because, like, you could have a bag checked through. Still not happening. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, overall, I like the idea. Um, don't know i'll be interested to see how much how many people use it like how successful is this i think from kitchener i think it's going to be successful from hamilton i don't know maybe not having to sit in the traffic is enough well i mean like not having to drive traffic 
Yeah, not having to drive traffic. I mean, there's, these. I mean, Hamilton's not that far from Pearson. Yeah, I mean, no, Kitchener really. It shows inside it. So, um, but yeah, no. I mean, the, the whole point is single ticket, and I actually think for the couple pl- flights I've spot checked were same price. Okay. So, like, you're basically getting cheaper parking at the outer airport and a free ride across, but limited to only those specific times and certain connections. Not every route necessarily offers it. Now, 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 when you come to now, when people come from Buffalo, you know, they can go to Hamilton instead of yeah. And so what'll be real interesting to see going forward, because Hamilton was more low cost carrier operations, does Air Canada now have to try to match fares, including the bus with the Hamilton service, or does it say, we're giving you the free bus ride to Pearson to fly a bigger airline? Mm. Be interesting to see how that evolves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see them trying, I mean, because even Kitchener, right, is kind of like leisure traffic down to like Florida and stuff out west. So it's. They, they may have to compete there, too, and to entice people, right? Yeah. I will say it was interesting. The uh, the last time Air Canada served Hamilton, it was, I think, like 2016 to 2019 or so, and it was flights to Montreal. So, yeah. Yeah. Very different today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, American is going to start their JFK to Tokyo Haneda service on June 28th, and United yeah. is going to start uh, Guam to Haneda on April 1st. Maybe I'm pretty sure April first is right. Um, now this one. Now that I'm looking at that, I'm thinking maybe it was May first. But they initially asked for, um, may I'm blowing it up. May first. I was wrong. Yeah. Okay. May first. I'm just going to fix the notes there and pretend that never happened. Uh, they applied for as early as April first, but that was before they had to wait to get the seats. So yeah, th- th- we've talked about these before. This is the night slot that uh, United picked up from Hawaiian, and the day slot that American picked up from Delta. So yeah, the dates are set. Fl- flights are on sale. Have at it, folks. Uh, Credit to American for being uh, super aggressive in advertising it as the only U.S. airlines connecting New York City to Tokyo. I mean, that is that that's near that's almost as bad as United saying we serve New York City, Newark. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and that's basically what American is. <laughs> Good times. Uh, I mean, they're both kind of egregious, but anyway, um, yeah. And then American uh, agree. I mean, surprisingly, agrees with the DOT uh, on the Delta Aeromexico uh, ATI suspension. That uh, surprise, surprise. Yes. Um, go watch Casablanca. You'd be shocked to find gambling in this casino. And this is that. <laughs> um, right. This the, the DOT. We've talked about this before, also. Uh, but this is a good little follow up. Has is announced that they're not going to let. Aeromexico and Delta keep their joint venture running, or joint cooperation agreement, it's not a joint venture, um, whatever, uh, running because Mexico and the U.S. no longer have open skies because of restrictions getting into Mexico City Airport. Um, Delta has protested and said, no, 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 it's okay, just like put other res- any other restrictions in place, please, and Americans come back with, no, that's bullshit, please don't let them do that. Um, so that was the only comment I've seen filed so far, but not surprisingly, uh, in favor of maybe not having... Uh, a joint venture with your competitors. I'm a, I'm a little surprised United hasn't weighed in. I mean, they have a pretty strong presence. Uh, yeah, the, you know, I I don't know what the timeline is on it if, when the sort of comment period closes. So mm-hmm. they they still might have a chance to do yeah. so. Yeah. But yes, um, American had some frequent flyer changes too. They're just they're just on a roll uh, this week. There's something rolling. Um, <laughs> I, this one is. Interesting. So the they've been a sort of character stick, character stick, trying to make all these changes over the recent years, and they're they're very much in the stick approach right now, in my opinion. 
Um, but the, the latest set of changes is to, re- uh, quote, make it more convenient for customers to enjoy the value and magic of travel, end quote. Then I ne- immediately know when I hear that I'm getting screwed. Yeah, they well, they use the word enhancement, so they tried to they tried to fudge it a little. <laughs> um, under the new rules, you can only earn advantage points or loyalty points for flights booked directly with the airline, through a partner airline, through preferred travel agencies, or if you're on a corporate contract. And in short, they're eliminating a bunch of travel agencies that don't use NDC um, and direct links. So if you're if you're if it's a travel agent that's using third party GDS connections and not offering sort of the full suite of Americans bundled and custom products, odds are you're not going to earn those points. So to give people an idea, NDC is new distribution capability, which is just a format. It's an exchange format, right? right. It's, it's just it, it, as a standard. It's a standard. The idea is that instead of using Saber or World Worldport, yeah. Uh, and some of these other Apollo, these big third-party systems that for decades have aggregated all of the fare and uh, inventory data and then sort of redistributed it back out to travel agencies, including online shopping portals. Airlines have come up with a way to sort of do that directly, skipping over the cost of publishing all their data into these third-party systems. And so this is legitimately an answer, a place where the airlines are trying to cut costs, and they've mm-hmm. been doing it for a long time. And depending on which airline and when and how, like in Europe, we've seen airlines add a third-party surcharge of you know 20 or 30 bucks a ticket if it gets purchased through uh, a travel agency booking that used one of these third-party systems again mm-hmm. trying to encourage groups to go direct and it's been there's been lawsuits it's been a mess um none of them have won as far as i know so basically the airlines are allowed to keep doing this but you know it's it's not good for the consumer that airline will say it is because then if you you buy directly, you get the best price and all these flexible options and the bundles and whatever. Um, like it, it also limits options, but it's, it's also interesting to me sort of somewhat quietly in the background lately, there's been a battle between some travel agencies, um, ones that are using older technology solutions, but some travel agencies and American airlines about what American can and can't do and which fares it should be allowed to publish. And should it have to publish everything, even using the oldest, technology platforms that are you know don't allow for the flexibility and whatever else of publishing bundles and publishing different fare types mm-hmm. so um that's been going there's been some dot there's a dot docket like a back and forth bickering on that as well which is sort of a interesting bit of color around this change but um american also raised their bag fees their check bag fees as part of all of this uh it's now 35 dollars to check your first bag on most tickets domestically uh, for domestic flights, you pay extra to check at the airport. Five dollars. Um, I can't remember who started. It wasn't. It wasn't Alaska, was it? I don't think so. Maybe Alaska also raised theirs. United also raised theirs last week. I thought it was someone else started it, and then those other three followed. But and it wasn't. I I feel like it, it, to me this is like the line of ultra cost, the ultra low cost carrier, and you know, uh, legacy in air quotes being blurred. It's definitely part of that. Um. And this has been ongoing for a long time. I'm not sure we're starting anything new here, but no, no. But it definitely feels like we're we're solidifying it. Yeah. Um. I will say one interesting thing American is doing uh, for both oversized and overweight bags. Typically, that's a hundred bucks extra. Mm-hmm. Anything over fifty pounds or anything over sixty-two linear inches, which is height, weight, depth of yep. the th- all three dimensions added up. Um. If you go three inches over, 
it's up to it's thirty dollars or three pounds over. It's thirty dollars now instead of a hundred. Okay. And the only thing I can think of is this is an effort to try to stop the fighting at the ticket counter <laughs> while people are checking their stuff in. Yeah, 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 probably. Um, or you can do what Spirit did and just automate that whole process because people don't fight with a computer. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's I, one. It's a good thing. I mean, are you going to sit there as an agent and fight over three inches? Like, are they going to have like their you know tape measure out? Like, that's the other thing. They do. I mean, uh, so it's funny. There's I've seen it before. There's a a 62 inch chain, lightweight chain, like wire thing that they can wrap around the bag and sort of draw the three dimensions on it and say whether it's good or not. That's, I mean, I'm impressed. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen it in use, but I have seen it happen before. Um, is that, or you oftentimes there's, uh, a ruler taped next to the scale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think fighting over weight is generally, or saying this is heavy or not is usually where things happen much more than the size. If it's a yeah. size thing, pretty obvious. I just, I mean, I'm, I've done the thing, like I've had it in Europe where they're like, they like kind of look at the bag. Yeah. And I'm, they're like, yeah, it's too big. I'm like, wait, what? Like, it's a Ramoa that you guys, it's, it's like, it's literally called the cabin bag. <laughs> this is the European cabin bag. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, I think you're just making stuff up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I've seen a lot more fighting at yeah. US counters or arguing. I should say not fight, but arguing. Well, yeah, because in the U.S., if you do that enough, usually you get away with it. Versus in Europe, if you do that enough, you get arrested. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. But that just, I mean. Yep. Society, man. Um, Let's talk about Avello. Yeah. So we talked a couple weeks ago about opening the Santa Rosa base. Yep. And not having any new routes assigned to it, which was really weird. Yep. So the good news is they did, did assign some extra routes to it. Um, We got Salem, Oregon, Boise, uh... PSC is Tri-Cities, right? Pasco, Eastern yes, Washington. Pasco, Park, yeah, tri- Tri-Cities, yeah. And well, there's a couple of Tri-Cities, it turns out. There's one in Tennessee also. Um, there is. It's not really tri It's funny, though, because if you look at the one in Tennessee, it's not really, there's not three cities. It's three maybe towns. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're like an hour and a half drive. If you go far enough, you can get to a third city. Yeah, okay. There <laughs> uh, once to go to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl one year. Anyway, um, I think there was a weird, anyway. Um, you know, check my flight memory, see if I can find that route. And FCA is, uh, is Kalispell. Yeah. I'm going to say that's one. I really wonder why that it has that abbreviation. We should look that up at some point, but that's, uh, Yellowstone. Yep. So very much of LO routes <laughs> to say the least, sort of that kind of market. Those are the new routes that they're adding. So it's, uh, they're putting some stuff there, but they're also closing their Las Vegas base. Hmm. Um, as part of this move. So this is not, yes, they are opening a new base, but it's not entirely expansion so much as moving things around. So a little awkward on that front. Um, that, I mean, when they, when they close it, I mean, Vegas being closed, you think it's a cost thing? Is that, you think it's purely cost? Cost where, I mean, all, yeah, you have to like, always money, but like cost where, is it like, because you have to pay pilots more to live there? Or well, Vegas too much. I, I mean, all these things are possible. I don't know. But. Yeah, I was I was thinking maybe the former. Like it's you know the the cost of living is higher, and so why not just do Santa Rosa? But then I would think California. It's not cheap. Yeah, it's hard for me to say living in wine country, California is cheaper. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, or we don't really want to live there. I mean, but yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a very it's a much more rural community, which could be appealing for some people. Yeah, yeah. The I mean, guy who works in random New Hampshire, but whatever. I mean, you are in random New Hampshire, right? So, 
Um, but anyway, so the, but the other interesting thing that Avello announced this week is they actually claim they had a profitable, a profitable Q4 2023. Really? Yeah. That's impressive. Out of fresh blue sport and everything. Wow. I mean, it's good. I, I, I have been worried that Avello, I mean, we're all worried that Breeze is going to go under. I think we're all kind of just waiting. We're going to talk about them a little bit in the bonus topics. Yeah. But like Avello being profitable is good. That's great. Yeah. Um, I think they're, I think they're, they're more focused. It feels like on what they're trying to do. And they're making changes that aren't like, let's just, you know, start flying to random places. They're like, okay, these are the, the things we want to do in these parts of the country. And they're doing it. And then, you know, closing a base, it kind of makes some sense, you know, if it's cost related or whatever, then okay. Um, but it definitely seems like they're, they seem like they have more of a plan. Yeah. It's kind of where I was going with that. Yeah. No, uh, lowest cost per average seat. That's not what that means, guys. Uh, sorry. They published chasm as cost per average seat mile, not cost per available seat mile. Um, excluding fuel, uh, six point nine. Uh, stage length adjusted so that they are screwing with their numbers a little bit, but um, basically claiming to have the lowest costs in the U.S. on a stage length adjusted, excluding fuel per- factor, um, and number one on-time performance ranking in January with 78%. It's hard for me to believe that that's actually the best in the U.S., but... Yeah, I'm, there hasn't been a ton of storms or anything. So. Yeah, I haven't seen all the numbers. Like, If Hawaiian's really doing that badly, we're all in trouble. <laughs> um... So uh, FCA uh, is uh, Flathead County Airport. Oh, there you go. That's what that's what it used to be. So, and now it's you know now it's uh, Glacier Park International. Yeah. But they haven't changed the the code. So. I am sad to say I am missing my Tri Cities Airport dot in line on my flight history map. I'm I can't believe that. I'm just super disappointed in your lack of dedication to the map. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think technically, I think I was still in high school, and my, most of my history is post high school when I was able to track my own shit. But anyway, you know, you know, I, I use flight. I use a, a flighty now. Like, I mean, yeah. I still put stuff on manual. We, we had the flighty CEO on our show a while back, and uh, I realized it cannot put in really old flights, and it, it, it kind of annoys me. Like stuff that they didn't have data for. Yeah, it, because it does a data. Yeah, like it, it doesn't do a lookup super far back. So yeah, well. I wouldn't mind if they don't do the lookup as long as you let me just manually put in. That's what yeah. I that's that's what I want. I want to I want to manually be able to put it in. Yeah. But you can't you can't even do that. It just fails. Yeah, the flight radar. I forget who they bought. Um, flight radar bought one to make their flight history play play as well. And at one point, it also didn't let you do that. I don't know if they fixed that or not. Yeah, yeah. Open data, baby. Um, get on to talk about that at some point. We should. We should. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Spirit. Yeah. Um, they're suspending service in Manchester, leaving my state. I'm mad. Oh, that kind of sucks for you, right? Well, to be fair, I haven't won them that much here. But yes, you know, I, I've I've had. I've, it's actually funny. I'd like I had a ticket booked on Allegiant, and Allegiant canceled, and I was able to find a backup on Spirit. I've had a ticket booked on Spirit, and they canceled, and I had to find a backup on JetBlue. That unfortunately, that was the one I missed my flight because I found out about it at five thirty in the morning when I woke up, and I missed the flight by two minutes at the gate. Oh, they closed yeah. right at 15 minutes. And I was like, but I'm standing here. They're like, yeah, sorry. So I missed it. It was fine. It happens. But so suspending Manchester, I'm a little yeah. surprised. I'm a little surprised. Yeah. Apparently, it's one of the worst performing routes financially. Okay. So it's not that surprising. Also, um, this is one of their, our planes are grounded for engine issues. Mm. Thank you. So that's um, 
And they say they're going to come back later this year as some as some airplanes come back online. But I don't think they're actually supposed to have airplanes back later this year. So I'm not sure what that's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's odd. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say. A little, a little strange. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's our that's our um, show. I think we're going to talk a little bit about Turkish and some airline proprietary payment system stuff. Breeze and uh, their H-220 stuff. United. A little bit of news about them going back to Tel Aviv. Um, and then some Singapore airline stuff and some Qantas news. So Singapore air show, not air Singapore air. Yeah. Singapore air show. Sorry. Excuse me. That's um, yeah. But if you're a Patreon subscriber, stick around for that. Um, if not, we thank you for listening to the show. Um, leave a comment, leave feedback. We do like to hear from you and we will talk to you next time. Happy travels. Take care.